Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 129. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilil Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by Tamara Shah, founding director and community creator with 10 plus years of experience in the industry. And I hope you've got something to take notes today because we'll be discussing Tamara's seven step salon customer journey recipe for success. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. Listen, I hope you don't mind this small sociology insert. I find something really interesting in the concept of community. And like we just mentioned this in the blurb. Um, you'll get where I'm going with this in about a minute, right? But we've talked about culture networking on the show before. We've had many guests talk about culture, actually. We only ever touched off community talking about, you know, Facebook groups. But there's something interesting in community and growing. Like if you look at studies um, of, you know, people growing older. Yep you can like see the happiness rates through through looking at how well people are surrounded as they grow older like there is something very special about us humans that we need the sense of belonging we need a sense of community and i find that so interesting because you can create these small communities in so many different ways and in the salon industry i think it's like one of the best places to do that I couldn't agree more. And like you said, it, everyone has that sense of belonging. You see it when you're kind of young. I, I used to laugh at my parents when they were saying, it's like, you've got a massive group of friends now, but that'll start phasing out as you get older. And it does eventually get to the stage now when your family and your friends kind of move on. You're like, who have you got left? And you feel that sense of isolation. And that it's, that, again, that sense of belonging, which is kind of brings us towards the focus of this episode. So the episode title of this is The Seven Step customer journey. And that's exactly what it is. Like as a client going into the salon, it's an experience you, you want to feel. Again, you want to feel like you belong in that salon. So what are the touch points that your salon have to make your clients want to come back time and time again, to feel comfortable there? And again, to belong. I keep saying belong, but like, it is the is, best word for it. <laughs> it is the best word. So I suppose without further ado, our guest today has actually set up the first online support community for hair and beauty professionals in Australia. Welcome to the show, Tamara. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to have you on. I'm so happy Beck put us in touch. I know. Likewise, you've got some amazing forest connections down here in Australia. That's amazing to hear. We've actually just um, chatted to Billy Rickman. I don't know if you know him. And he was saying the same thing. He was like, people in Australia are getting to know you slowly but surely. Like, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know Billy well. And, and that's exactly right. Forest nowadays, um, you know, when we see in community groups and things like that and people say, what salon software program can I have? It's just forest, 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 <laughs> which is so nice to see. It's weird how like fast a community has built up there in Australia. Like we're only in Australia just over a year, I'm going to yeah. say. And Beck is constantly coming back with people who are dying to talk to us. And it's just weird how quickly that is building up over there. Yeah, our little island is small, but we talk loud. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we're going to obviously be talking about customer journeys today. But before that, we thought we'd kind of ease into the conversation with maybe some insights um, about your background and maybe also beauty industry. Yeah, so um, for me, as you mentioned, you know, 10 years in the beauty industry now and it's a short time in comparison to some but I feel like I've done almost every pathway and that's not 
you know, it's just for lack of being a terrible employee, I can put it down to. I'm always, you know, that person to ask, why are we doing this? And how are we doing this? And I want to explore more and I want to go further. And um, I found that, you know, being being self-employed is where I can do that. And I'm asking myself these questions now, but um, I studied a diploma in resort management. So in that you could um, work in the water rec area, the dive area or the spa. And so I didn't really know what I was doing at the time when I left high school. And so I thought spa and pretty, I'll go and I'll have a have a see, you know, what the course is like. And I got in there and once again, I was asking why, you know, I was doing massage and, and doing facials and it didn't give me passion. And my, my teacher actually said, well, why don't you drop out of the course if you don't like doing the spa side of it? And I said, well, if I'm going to run a resort or if I'm going to be a manager, I need to know how to do all of the things so that if people ask me why, I've got that action, I've got that answer for them. So um, I went into the industry being a therapist originally, got itchy feet, actually flew over to um, London and was able to travel around with the cruise ships very fortunately um, all around the Caribbean, across America, across the UK. Um, I was doing an international detox program with um you know, people who are holidaying with a free buffet and um, here I am, a little girl from Australia trying to detox them, walking around, <laughs> a, um, walking around a buffet with a tape measure around my neck. So uh, you can imagine that it didn't quite work out the way that I had planned it to. So back to Australia I come and pass through management. Um, next thing I know I'm doing education and this is where the beauty industry journey really started was when I started doing education, I was educating for a franchise at the time and the therapist and the business owners were just consistently asking me the same questions. Um, you know, what's our service to retail percentage? How can we keep our staff? Tamara, I'm, I'm exhausted through massage. What can I do to keep the longevity of my career? And so in that time, I travelled on through into a sales repping role or account management, if you'd like to call it, and once again, same questions. And I just thought, this is bananas. Is nobody talking to each other? You know, I felt like if I had a clinic on a street and somebody else had a clinic down the road on the same street or even within five minutes of me, I would call them and say, can we please have a coffee and just talk about this? Because you're going home and for me, my two closest people were my husband and my dad and I'm going home telling them about things in the beauty industry and they're just giving me the most impractical advice. Fire her. Why don't you quit? Why don't you do this? Um, and and it just wasn't practical. So Beauty Industry was born and we're now an online support community for exactly that, the professionals within the beauty industry uh, be that therapist, managers, business owners, all intertwined. And this has been for a little over a year now. Yeah, that's exactly right. About 18 months. That's amazing. Congrats on that. Thank you. <laughs> so how does your community work? Is it an online forum? Do you use social accounts? Um, like I know you have the podcast and you have the website, but how else can people get involved in this community? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we do have a Facebook group, but really the crux of it is the membership platform. So through the membership platform, we do have an online forum where people can ask and answer questions. Um, In there, they feel really connected because similar to a mini Facebook, I guess, they can see all of the other salon owners and managers and therapists in there and think, actually, she's around the corner or she's nowhere near me. I do want to connect with that person and have a chat and have a coffee or okay they recently introduced led and that's what i'm thinking about doing why don't i call them so um that's a big part of it as well is just that connection through any platform um be that facebook or the website as well so for our topic today then we're talking about the seven step customer journey is this something that has come out of that community group that you have or is this something that you've been perfecting through the years kind of since when you were doing the international detox? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's really a, a culmination of everything that I've that I've learned and that I've learned, well, that I've walked through in the beauty industry. I mean, education is such a big thing, but what I'm finding, and this is the one of the biggest questions and queries from our members in the community, is just that level of expectation that the business owner has, that the therapist has of the business owner and that the client has of both of those people. And so I thought, well, if I can just create something that is extremely simple, that shows you if you're an average therapist or if you're an exceptional therapist and that we can actually help beauty businesses level up and help our clients understand and really um feel compelled to go into a professional beauty salon or clinic or whatever then that's what we'll create so hence the um seven step customer journey was born i love uh i love kind of how do you know when you see blogs and stuff like that they always have the odd numbers like they really resonate with our clients but it drives my ocd mad so i'm sure there's a logic behind the madness of the seven steps (laughs) there is Maybe we'll add an eighth one in there for you. (laughs) (laughs) It would just make me feel so much more at ease. (laughs) So what if you walked us through the seven steps? Let's create a fake scenario and actually manage it as if it was a real life situation. Say Killian had to come in for, uh, I don't know, facial or anything, a massage. (laughs) So I guess actually the first step starts before he comes in for the treatment. The first step is actually the booking and this is where the lovely team at Forest helps our industry so much because the booking needs to be two things. It needs to be accessible, which I highly recommend a lot of business owners have online bookings because I know for me when I'm making bookings and I did a bit of research lately, um, people are actually making bookings between 11pm and 1am. We did a similar research, had the same kind of results. Well, think about it. It's going to be it's going to be like in your downtime, isn't it? When you're not working, like people think I'm open nine to five. That's when people are going to call me. But people are working, people are busy and I'm not going to call up for my waxing when I'm in the office. Exactly. <laughs> So you, you must be accessible and so online bookings is that because it's not reality to pay a receptionist to be there of all hours of the night and who has that in their budget anyway. So um, accessible is number one and then two is available. So when I go and make that booking, how readily can I get into my appointment? Is it four weeks' time? Is it six weeks' time? Is it further than that? And that's really step one because 
the client has an expectation somehow that they can get in today for a facial, (laughs) where in reality that might not be the option. So we do want to show them the next best option and when we are available and having that accessibility of being online and being able to see and forecast, okay, when can I come in for an appointment, then that's step one of the customer journey. And I suppose like online bookings actually do manage that client's expectations because they have myriad options there to pick from and see the actual availability and not just imagine what is going on in the salon. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then that way, sometimes they can also see if they've got a favorite therapist, am I able to book in with her? Um, How much is my service going to cost? Cancellation policy. So there's so many good things about having that online booking system. I think the best bit there is removing the element of phone tagging or email tagging, where I email you, have you got availability now, essentially? Um, or I call you and I go, no, I don't have anything now, but I've got something in an hour. No, an hour doesn't work if you got something. And it's just back and forward and back and forward. And it's so much time. So moving on from there, then, um, what's the second part of this journey for me? Yeah, so then you would actually be in the space ready for your service. So you would walk in and step number two is actually the introduction, which is a hard one to get right because we're so busy, um, you know, and often we reply that to the clients, how's your day busy? How's your day busy? You know, and so we don't actually give time to the client and welcome every client into the space as if they are brand new, even if they have been there before, you know, it's, it's everything from introducing yourself as a skin specialist or as a massage therapist, greeting the client with their name, Um, having their consultation form on an iPad or on the clipboard and actually being ready for your client rather than, you know, sometimes we close the salon door when we're ducking out for lunch and then we come back and our client's there waiting for us. So it's that introduction and really how you meet and greet your client on that first contact. Do you have any tips for when you are busy and you kind of like feeling overwhelmed but you do have to greet that client well? How do you manage the two? Yeah, that's a great question. I always like, as soon as I see the client, it it happens in a split second once you kind of master it, but you just kind of turn your client hat on because you could still have hot towels to roll, you could still have wax that needs melting, but you've just got to think outside of your head and think, okay, my client's here now, I need to wow her. And so it is just taking that downtime hat off and putting the presentation hat on in a matter of time and plastering a big smile across your face and saying, hi, Jenny, I'm so glad to see you again, or, you know, thank you so much for coming in for your appointment. Um, That straight away will just make the client feel warm and welcome in the space. But it really is something as simple as that is as a client, you walk in, you understand that everyone is busy. So you're not expecting them to drop everything and come over and shake your hand. But just that turn of the head, that smile, that nod, just acknowledging that I'm there. It goes such a long way. Like, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So Killian now has his lemon water. Uh, you mentioned the consultation on the iPad. I'm assuming that's step three. Is that correct? 
Yeah, you're 100% <laughs> correct there. So when we actually meet and greet the client and hopefully we may have a receptionist or a manager who has said, um, Tamara, your client Jenny is on the couch. She is wearing a blue T-shirt. Um, she's ready. She's filled out her consultation. I would go up to Jenny and I would say, Jenny, my name's Tamara. I'm your skin specialist today. Thank you so much for completing that consultation form. Would you like to come on through to the treatment room? And then I proceed with the consultation. Now, the thing with the consultation is that everyone asks the same questions. So we need to really start to exceed the client's expectations. So not just saying things like, oh, so are you using a creamy or a foamy cleanser? How many times are you exfoliating your skin? Okay, so you've got a balanced diet, but it's actually exploring that conversation. So can you point to your skin where you are having troubles? Can you um, explain for me, your three main meals a day are you snacking what's your favorite snacks if you're drinking coffee are we doing a long black or are we having full cream milk are we having a plant-based milk you know these are kinds of questions that are going to trigger skin responses not just on the face but skin responses on the whole entire body and if we're talking about hair the quality of the hair if we're talking about nails the quality of the nails so all of this really does matter and our clients are used to us asking the same questions and therefore they say, actually, do you know what? I'm just here for relaxation today. I don't want a consultation. I'm not here to be sold to. So if we flip that conversation and we get them on questions that maybe they haven't been asked before that are a little bit more savvy, then that is the perfect consultation. So with your consultation then, do you include that in the duration of the booking or is that like an additional time allocated beforehand? Because if they do get so used to the same like monotonous questions, surely they think by bypassing the consultation, I'm going to get longer in my treatment. Yes. So if it's a first time consultation, I'll recommend either a 15 or a 20 minutes aside from the treatment. Um, because it is quite an in-depth consultation, you don't want that to be taken away from the treatment time um, because actually a further step is performing the treatment. So um, if it's a first time client setting aside that time, if it's a recurring client, just confirming that nothing has changed and then going on through and performing the treatment from there. Okay, cool. So then we've done our consultation, we've had our treatment, is there, or is there another step before the treatment? Yes. So once we've done our consultation, we get the client on the bed or in the chair and we actually clean the skin or we clean the hair. Or if we're doing a pedicure, we would clean the feet. And this is normally the cleansing step. Because we have cleaned the skin, the hair, the feet, whatever we're going to clean, this actually gives us a chance to see the skin in its natural state because remember your clients coming in, they may have gone to the gym, they may have SPF on, they may have makeup on. It's really impossible for us to diagnose anything if they've got something on their skin, their hair or their nails. So once we've cleansed the skin, we actually go into the fourth step, which is the diagnosis. And this is where the magic happens. If you forget any step, it's not this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what they've gone to to help resolve, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the diagnosis is where you as a therapist get to use all of your time that you have studied and actually 
show off a little bit to your client and show them this is what I've discovered during the cleanse and now based on what you've told me in the consultation it makes so much sense that ABC is your concern. So during the diagnosis I like to show the client in a mirror so that they can actually see what I'm talking about and I like to give them that education there. And then here is a little magic moment where we actually talk about the product recommendation without mentioning names or prices because that's too salesy in our nice fluffy soft treatment rooms and we also mentioned that we're not Harry Potter with a magic wand fixing their skin or their hair in one treatment we're actually going to need to get them on a treatment plan and then we'd be quiet. I was just thinking yeah this is your like golden moment for that upsell and for that retail sell and even the rebooking really yeah yeah that's exactly right I think sometimes in the consultation we give away too much information and it's intangible to the client because we haven't touched the skin we haven't seen the skin or the hair without anything on it so how can we make that validity and that suggestion without actually seeing and playing with what we're trying to fix? So when you do it after the cleanse, it just gives more reality to the recommendation. Makes sense. Okay, so let's say Killian has had his recommendation for his skin. Now he's getting the treatment. It has to be that step. I can't see anything else coming before that. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So step five is the treatment. And you absolutely must perform an exceptional treatment. If you perform an average treatment, all of the work that you've done beforehand just falls to the wayside. So the treatment must be incredible. And the easiest way to do this is to just be present with your client and to be focused on them. I guess sometimes we think about lunch, we think about boyfriends, Saturday night, you know, next client, and it can be distracting for us. And then our client feels that disconnect of the energy. So just being present and taking a moment and being with your client and just thinking, I want my client to have the most amazing treatment today and then performing that for them. I read an article recently saying mindfulness could increase revenue in salons and spas. Would you tend to agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here in Australia at the moment, we're seeing a lot of facials come in with treatments like crystal healing, Reiki, even hypnotherapy. So yeah, potentially. Interesting. I'm going to have to look into this. I, I just think it's uh, mad that we're on step five and we've only just got the treatment now. So like to recap, step one was the booking. Step two was the greeting. Step three is the consultation. Step four is the diagnosis. And now we're doing the treatment where quite often you walk into the salon and it's nearly straight up right treatment. Let's go. You've skipped four steps already. That's exactly right. And it is that, it's that fast interaction. You know, I think the landscape of the beauty industry has been that 10, 15 years ago, we were just doing massage and that's all we were doing. There was no retail. There was hardly any rebooking. It was all just experience. Whereas we've come so far now that we've gone through Medispa, we've gone through beauty treatments, we've gone through serious skin and now injectables and laser and IPL where the client is understanding that they can get really fast treatments and really good results 
but because now everyone's so busy and we're running around on coffee and adrenaline and dry shampoo for the life of us, now we all want results and experience and that time that I take out, I want it to be high end. Of course, yeah, it makes total sense. In terms of like, because I'm going to ask this before we move into other steps, when a client has many so I'm just thinking about, say, that the last time I went to a spa, I had a massage, I had a body wrap, I could have access to, you know, cold and hot baths. Like, how does this customer journey step work when you have multiple treatments happening all at once in one day, back to back? Are you going through the whole seven steps all over again each time? Because um, obviously you're not necessarily going to see the same therapist either. Yes, and this is something that is a little bit more tricky, if I'm honest. Um, We do, you know, if a client's having a three or a five-hour all-day spa package treatment, we don't want to perform seven steps every single treatment. Absolutely not. (laughs) Your client would leave and they would not pay you. Um, (laughs) But what we do want to do is just pre-frame the conversation. So I would say, um, Jenny, in our uh, treatment today, what we'll actually be doing is just stopping for a moment after I've assessed the skin or after I've had a look at the muscle function. And then I'm just going to give you a little bit of information on how I can best customize your treatment today. And when we say it like that, it's A, asking for permission from the client to open up the conversation mid-treatment, but it's also pre-framing it in a way that I'm not going to sell you something. I'm just going to give you that advice that's best suited so I can customize the treatment. Nine times out of 10, your client will be more than happy and they'll say, yes, that's absolutely not a problem. Um, You may get one client who would say, actually, I'd prefer to snore the entire treatment and that is fine too. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Okay, so now we've finally gotten up to our treatment um, and you've got your solution there if we're doing multiple treatments without scaring away our clients. What are the next steps between the treatment and actually going to the point of sale or finishing up your day? Yeah, so look, the biggest thing that I hear from both business owners, managers and therapists is that therapists are running behind and that's when they're having that knock-on effect in their appointment book and it just looks like a domino because they're they're retailing and I say that word in, in a negative con- connotation, I guess, because they're trying to sit there with the client and just sell and sell and sell because we've got targets to hit, right? But when you actually do the diagnosis, it's almost like planting a seed in your client's mind. So you may, for example, say to a client who has acne, um, Jenny, suitable for your skin as per the consultation and as per what I felt and what I'm showing you here in the mirror, I'm actually going to um, give you a little bit of homework to do. And that may be in the form of a really gentle acid, but at the same time, I'm also going to ask that you actually have a look at your eating habits as well and make it more of an alkaline pathway so that we can have that internal and external combination And of course, we know that unfortunately, one treatment is not my magic wand. So I will need to be seeing you again, you know, today's the 1st of August. So about the the 1st of September there. And so what actually happens when you come to step six, getting your client off the bed, you let them know 
Jenny, how is your treatment today? What I'm going to do is calmly leave the room now. I'll bring you back in a glass of water. I'll also go through what that homework was that I was talking about. And once you're up and dressed, we'll have a further talk about that. So your client actually knows, okay, number one, I'm getting dressed. I'm staying in the room. I'm getting water brought to me and the conversation's going to continue. It's not now that I'm sitting there with the client selling to her. And two, the thing with the clients are that once they're off that bed and if they leave the treatment room, they're busy and their day starts all over again. So they're turning their phone off airplane mode and kids are messaging and husband's asking what's for dinner and we're getting our keys out, we're getting our parking ticket out, you know. But when they're in the treatment room, that's actually their safe space and that's your opportunity to bring in those retail options. What happens if, say, your client is a little hesitant and you can feel it? Maybe it's because of budget. Maybe it's because of like the mix of retail and needing to come back, say, every three, four weeks. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I like to refer to these as client objections. And there are reasons why client objects. So, for example, if if your client's saying to you, Ah, look, Tamara, I'm just not sure. Then I would say to her, is there anything that I can clarify for you? Because perhaps along the way, I may not have been clear, or maybe I have confused my language and she's concerned about an acid or an enzyme and she doesn't know what that exactly means. Um, Versus if my client is objecting with you know a budget for example then I would understand that obviously there is a money constraint there but is she actually available or he is um are they (laughs) good thinking of you there Kieran (laughs) you know are they available to you know what is their budget is there instead of recommending $120 serum is there maybe a $60 serum that we can opt for instead so it's really finding out what that objection is why my client is saying the objection and then working around it whereas I know generally what happens with our therapist is they hear the objection and they go okay no worries (laughs) (laughs) so would you um like if you got that client that is just no not going to use the products what are your thoughts then on I suppose giving them like an aftercare list to say here's the products we used or like I know you're not going to purchase them now, but would you still do anything like that? I know some salons are kind of against giving them a list of products used and products recommended to use after because they're not buying them in salon. Yeah, look, it depends on the client's behavioural types. And this again comes down to the therapist educating and self-educating and wanting to expand their knowledge beyond beauty school and going a little bit deeper into exploring human pattern and behaviour. And I know that sounds really big as a beauty therapist, but it's literally just why is my client going to buy and how are they going to buy? So when I'm when I'm dealing with a client who's like that, for example, there are some clients who you can see 10 times. The key is you need to say the same thing 10 times. On the 11th time, they will buy $1,000, $2,000 from you and they're going to follow you to any job you go to. But for that client who's a little bit hesitant, unsure, they just want to build trust with you. So if you see them 10 times and you tell them 10 different serums, 10 different treatments, then they're going, "Uh uh-uh, this feels salesy. I don't trust her. I'm not buying today. 
Yeah. Human behavior, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, well, speaking of human behavior, what about, so we've, we've covered the prescription then, um, and it's not about being salesy. It's just continuing, um, the conversation after the treatment in the room, keeping that like calm and I suppose safe space. What about the rebooking then? Cause that's when you're going to the till you're paying up and hopefully getting your client to come back in a couple of weeks time. What's the secret to being able to sell products and rebook someone at the same time? <laughs> there is a secret and Forrest helps with the secret. I'm not just saying that because I'm on your podcast, but I mean, you, you guys have the ability to be on iPad for your therapist and that is an absolute beauty because having 10 or 15 therapists around one till trying to book a client in is mayhem that I'm sure we have all experienced. So the rebooking is actually, if possible, should be done in the treatment room. So once we've confirmed with the client their product prescription, we would actually combine the product prescription in with the amount of the rebooking. So for example, if my um, if my treatment package was $1,000 and my retail item was 120, then I'm telling the client your total today is $1,120. And that way you get your home care and you get your next five visits. So I kind of bundle it all up together. If you want to be really savvy and if you're a little bit analytical, what I would do is break that down by the day and then you're actually getting about $3.50 a day, which you can say to your client, if you just cut out that fifth extra coffee that you spoke about in the consultation and invested that into your skin and into your rebooking, well, then that's already your treatment plan paid for for the next five months. And, you know, if we're talking about that halfway through the year, then as a beauty business owner, you've got the next six months and half a year planned for because your therapists are actually bringing clients back in. You don't have to spend so much money on marketing to new clients. You're actually just servicing your current clients as they should have been from the start. And chances are that, you know, if you're doing an exceptional job and they're coming back for up to six months to a year's time, they're most likely going to recommend you to their friends as well. So again, the marketing budget there goes down even more. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so many people say to me, Tamara, I don't have a big marketing budget. I can't afford, you know, billboards and Facebook ads and X, Y, Z. And I say, don't do that then. Just service your current clients. And as you said, what's your word of mouth program? Do you have a referral program? Do you have a loyalty program? You know, all of these types of things, your foundation marketing is really what you should be investing in. That word of mouth marketing is probably the most powerful marketing you're going to get because first off, you're utilizing your own client database. So you're not trying to reach out and get new clients, but also it brings that whole social authority back to it where you're always going to trust a friend or family member that recommends or reviews kind of like the online reputation as opposed to an ad that you've seen on Facebook. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's so much cheaper, but so much stronger. Takes a bit of time to put into place, but you know, it's all worth it. Well, you got to keep that ball rolling and eventually it will gain momentum and it'll get bigger and bigger. Exactly. What do you tend to see being the most, like you've mentioned the one step that you should not forget, but what's the hardest one or what's the one that you see people struggling with the most? Yes, I'm so glad you asked this because like anything, we are creatures of habit. 
as humans, we always do what we've always done. We're always going to get what we've always got. Even if our manager said to us, okay, your lunch isn't at 12, it's now at one, therapist freak out. And we're like, what do you mean? Where did the client go? Why is it at 12? What am I going to have now? You know, it's just one hour, but we just cannot handle this change. So I guess, you know, my biggest, my biggest ask is that people actually try and you cannot learn, you cannot grow from changing. So the the hardest step really is number four, the diagnosis, because therapists go into that cleansing mode and they just feel like they need to zip and be quiet for the rest of the treatment. However, the cleanse, you know, that's not the most relaxing part of the treatment. Not a lot of clients fall asleep and start snoring during that stage. <laughs> so it's okay to talk to during that time and and something that I am a big advocate for doing as I mentioned is showing them the mirror so that actually means you have to come away from the head of the treatment bed where we're very comfortable and used to sitting and swing our little chair around and face the client and so that for some therapist is just really pushing buttons but once you do this seven-step consultation or customer journey rather you will think how did I ever do a treatment beforehand and look at my retail targets, look at my sales, look at my full appointment books for the next six months? What was I actually servicing my clients like beforehand? It's a bit of change process and habits. It's just building new habits, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And we know that it actually takes 14 days to create a change. So within that 14 days, you are saying purple monkey dishwasher and all of these crazy things that you may have never, ever said before. But on that 15th day, you will call me and go, Tamara, you're a legend. That's amazing. (laughs) I put my retail target for the first time in ever. Well, look, Tamara, that's been brilliant. Thanks so much for going through the seven steps. And I suppose identifying the one that salon owners have the biggest issue with, but also highlighting the one that you cannot live without, like you you absolutely must do, which is the diagnosis. So before we sign off here, how do I get involved in your online community if I'm based in Australia? Or is this open to everyone or is it just Australian based? It is .com, so anywhere in the world you can join our community. Uh, we would absolutely love to have anyone involved. And, you know, we we do have things like events where we do have brunches and conferences where we can actually have offline connection. Um, and I would hope that, you know, our 10-year goal is to expand that um, internationally. So definitely anyone um, can come on through, become a member and um, drop us the line and say hi. So be that earlier adopter and be the first international to get involved. Yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) And for anyone looking to follow you on say Facebook or Instagram, do you have any quick handles to give out? Yeah, so everything's um, just the same. I was lucky in our interesting name that nobody had taken that already, Um, but it's just Beauté Industry. So it's a little French twist on um, the word beauty industry. So it's B-E-A-U-T-E and then industry is I-N-D-U-S-T-R-I-E and that's across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of the platforms. Awesome. So we'll put those links in the episode show note as well, just in case. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. This has been fantastic. I love this conversation. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. We never got the eight step, but I suppose I'll let you go without it. <laughs> <laughs> the eight step is saying goodbye in a friendly way. <laughs> Perfect. I'll take it. Done. But listen, thanks so much for joining us, Tamara, and have a great one. Thank you so much. You too. Increase your salon retail sales by 78%. Join hundreds of salon owners globally for a free seven-day challenge, helping you grow out of your comfort zone and boost retail profits. Salon Retail Week starts on August 19th, 2019, and is brought to you by Forest Salon Software, a premium cloud-based salon software for three-plus employees. Get you and your team signed up. Visit salonretailweek.com for more details. Let's grow. So that was Tamara Shaw taking us through the seven step customer journey. And now it's time to move on to the Inside Forest segment. We're going to kick it off with our Forest Academy. Our Forest Academy is for Forest clients and it's your one stop education shop. If you don't already have access to Forest Academy, you can email forestacademy at forest.com to get set up. And what is it? It's essentially an online learning portal full of fun, interactive and bite-sized self-taught training courses covering each and every area of your forest system. You'll have access to learn on the go with our downloadable app. You'll have a library of regularly added and updated courses. You'll have access to interactive forest systems. And most importantly of all, you'll get the Forest Academy certificate for each course. And you'll have heard it in the ad just before the Forest Academy segment, but the award-winning Salon Retail event of the year is back after some smashing participant results last year. Salon Retail Week, for those who participated last year, it is back and it's going from Monday, August 19th, all the way through the 26th. If you haven't participated last year, the idea is that for seven days straight, you grow your team collaboration and your revenue in retail sales specifically. How it works is actually pretty simple. So you'll be receiving an email each day of the challenge and it'll contain your task for the day. Each task is obviously achievable on the day by you and your team without any advanced preparation. We know how busy you guys are. So essentially, all you have to do is sign up on salonretailweek.com. It's free to sign up. You don't need to have software to participate. You don't need to be a forest client to participate. And actually, hundreds of salons from around the world are taking part in this initiative. Now, here's our challenge to you. Last year, on average, salons who participated increased their retail sales by 78%. Can you match that number or perhaps even match one of last year's salons that peaked at a 95 increase in retail sales in a week? Now remember that. If you're up for the challenge, sign up today for free with the link in the episode show notes. We also have a webinar at this time. It's an Australian salon webinar exclusive. It's taking place on Monday, August 12th at 11 a.m. Melbourne time. And the hour-long session is going to be with Carl Keeley, educator and creative director of the multi-award winning Chumba Concepts Hair Salon. It's all about stock management and budgets, something you definitely don't want to miss out on. And after all, uh, it does tie back into today's episode. So do get signed up for that. Uh, like I said, it's taking place on Monday, August 12th at 11 a.m. Melbourne time. It's an hour long and we're going to be talking stock and budgets. Salon Owners Summit 2020, Salon Owners Summit Roadshow, both those events, the tickets are on sale. For the Salon Owners Summit 2020, the flagship event in Dublin, you can request a callback for tickets and also for the add-on event, which is called Inside Forest, where we talk about the future in technology and what we're developing in the actual forest product for the coming year. The Salon Owners Summit in Dublin is a forest client exclusive event. The Roadshow 
however, is open to both clients and non-clients. The Salon Under Summit Roadshow this time around is taking place in Philadelphia on October 21st. So if you want to get your tickets for that, you can go straight to our page. Uh, we'll have a link in the episode's notes once again, so you can go and straight book that in there. We also have an early bird discount price for the uh, Salon Owner Summit Roadshow tickets if you buy your ticket before August 31st. There's also a giveaway uh, going on on Instagram if you follow us at Forest Salon Software. And this is again for the Roadshow. I'm aware I've given out a ton of information, so if you're not too sure what's going on here, just follow the links in the episode's notes. You'll get all the clarity around that. And finally, the Salon Mentorship Hub uh, is a place to connect. As usual, we've mentioned this in pretty much every episode since the start of the year. Um, so if you're struggling with anything in the salon or, the, or your spa or your business in general, and you want to have a different perspective on, on this challenge that you're having, you can sign up for free. 15 to 30 minute consultation with a consultant or a coach that we've teamed up with for the hub. It is free. You don't need to be a forest client again. And uh, yeah, our goal is really to just help you guys out and create connections within the industry, help you guys see challenges from different perspectives and hopefully help you grow at the end of the day. And well, that's all we got for this week, guys. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, please send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.